Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix 88th film. It's the 2017 post-apocalyptic horror drama Cargo. It's directed by Ben Howling and Yolanda Ramke. It stars Martin Freeman, Simone Landers, Antilly, Susie Porter, and Karen Pistorius. I am Jesse, and again on the line, I've got my co-host MJ with me. Hey, MJ. How are you, mate? Good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Again, what's this week three of remote podcasting? Is it three? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Three, three weeks, weeks in a row of remote and... podcasting. And you know what? I'm looking ahead, and I think there's going to be a few more. I would say so. I don't think we're going to switch this up too much. But before we, we, we start having this nice conversation amongst ourselves, we've got to say, we've got back by popular demand. We've got Hita with us again. Hita! Hey, mate. Hey, boys. We were, so impre- oh, we were so impressed with you last week that we're like, come on, you've got to come back and you have. So thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, it, it couldn't just be a one-week thing. I missed you, boys. Had to come back again. I hope, I hope you continue to want to come back because those first 45-odd episodes you did, like that, that was we were a well-oiled machine and, and yeah, now you, i stuff. hope you're not just teasing us peter <laughs> we'll see what we can do <laughs> <laughs> well we uh, are called flix forum and we do our fast flicks to start our show where we go around the table and sort of give our own brief little summary of what we think of the film so this week with cargo heater start us off what are your your quick short thoughts on cargo all right. So during a zombie apocalypse, a father is infected and has 48 hours to live. He spends his remaining hours trying to find a home for his infant daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Very true. MJ, your turn. I've used a lot of similar words and phrases in mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> amidst a zombie apocalypse, a young couple must find refuge for their infant daughter in the Australian outback before their infections become worse. Very nice. Yes, very similar. And I think I'll be the same. I've said, with the world crumbling around him, a man wants to do what's best for his daughter to ensure her survival. No mention of zombie apocalypse. That's that's clean. Yeah. No question either. No, no question. I don't. I don't want this to be referred to as a zombie film. I think that it, it's more to it than just a zombie film. So I think it is, uh, but it's impossible yeah. not to refer to it as a zombie film. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> I agree. I, th- I agree. Uh, there's a lot more to it. This is not just your, you know, 28 days later kind of thing. But if someone said, what's this film about? And I didn't mention it was a zombie apocalypse film. I reckon uh, they'd be like, uh, yeah. dude, what, what film did you watch? What's with the zombies? <laughs> Short selling it a bit. All right. So we uh, like to sort of see what we can discover about a film. MJ, I think you've got a couple little things you might be able to fill us in about Cargo. Well, what I like to see was that it had 16 award nominations. Now, the fact that this is an Australian film, so all of these awards are Australian films, and on that note, it actually is Australia's first Netflix original film, which we know very well because we do all the Netflix original films and we're Australian and we haven't had one yet. So um, <laughs> woo, that was exciting. That's very exciting. I think that's the main thing that I would take out of this. But um, yeah, 16 award nominations as well as uh, winning at the Australian Writers Guild for Best Feature Film Adaptation uh, back in 2018. Um, and it was nominated for a bunch more things at the Actors, things at the Australian Film Critics Association Awards. So um very popularly received in the award circuit, which is nice. Yeah, I think that uh, that actor, sort of like the Australian equivalent of the Oscars, I guess, where it you know had five yeah. nominations, including for best film. So that you know that's that's a that's a good recognition from the Australian industry on, for sure. on this film. Yeah. No, a sense of pride in looking at all this stuff. Yeah. So 
I think you guys may know, but this this was based on a on a short film from 2013, uh, and the same name, mm-hmm. Cargo, and it it went viral online uh, and had 13 million views on YouTube, uh, and and yeah, that's it, a lot of views, Amazing. and it was. It was this finalist at the Tropfest sort of short film festival, oh, right. which I'm sure a lot of people would have heard of. Uh, did either of you watch it? I didn't. I didn't watch it. You told no, me not I to haven't. watch it before you, I watched it. Yeah, and... you said not to. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'd seen the feature film Cargo before. Yeah. Previously to this, so I, I knew the story, and then so before watching it again for the podcast, I thought I'll, I'll go and check that short film out, and in doing so, I was like, I. I thought it was important to sort of say, hey, don't watch the short film before mm. the feature film because they've, they've done a really good job of fleshing out this short film into the feature film, uh, which, which I thought was it's a really good job because, you know, there's a lot of the stuff from the feature, uh, they, they do really well in the short, you know, including like the writing on the kid's belly, um, oh, yeah. the birthday party on the, you know, the, mm. the flesh on the rod, all these little things that are done in a seven-minute film. Uh, fleshed, I keep saying fleshed, and it sounds weird with this film. But, um, <laughs> flesh plays a part in this film. All, all that eating flesh you watch, Jesse. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. The, there is one one scene in the in the short film that wasn't in the feature that I really liked, and sort of um, I'll put it out there now too. We're going to spoil this film. Oh, yeah, uh, good call, good call. so so we're going to we're going to spoil it. If you want to watch Cargo, um, pause us now. Come back and listen later, but. In the short film, the the mother dies. The dad takes the kid, and as he walks away from the family car, he, he sort of peels off the on the back of the windshield of the car. They've got those family stickers, you know, those stickers. Oh, that everyone's oh, he peeled oh. the mum off, <laughs> and he peeled the mum off. And I was oh. like, that was, <laughs> I was like, wow, that was great. But they didn't do that in the feature, obviously. Oh, that's thought, awesome. <laughs> that's brutal. That was really good. Yeah. So, would you recommend watching it after now? So we've both now seen the feature. Well, I definitely think you should because now you can be like, oh, cool, look, look, I remember that from the feature, I remember mm. that from the, sh- yeah, so definitely worth, and it's only seven minutes, so um, directed by the same people, uh, yeah, definitely give it a crack. I will, I will. Do you want to know a fun fact about Tropfest? Sure. It's actually a self-indulgent fun fact. I <laughs> I wrote I wrote a film that we entered into, into Tropfest one year back, oh, it's like 10 years ago now. Uh, wrote and sort of worked on the set for, for a film that we entered that didn't get anywhere, but um, that's my Tropfest story. Yeah, Pretty nice. cool. Yeah. Have to it, was about, see if you can, um... it was a horror film about a balloon that uh, that haunted a family. So the year that the year for Tropfest, so with Tropfest every single year, there's a particular item that you have to have in the film and mm. you can use that as much or as little as you like. And the year that year was balloon and I kind of just used that as inspiration to control the entire narrative, but... Um, you could have just put a balloon somewhere in the background in one shot. <laughs> anyway, that's my Tropfest <laughs> story. Nice. I like that story. That was nice. Uh, in fact, so, 2013, that might have been a yeah, similar uh, year that I did. And that's it. what I'm thinking. There's <laughs> the balloon. There's the balloons from oh, the party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were <laughs> balloons in this. <laughs> I never yeah. had a chance. <laughs> oh, that's where you got beaten. I <laughs> <laughs> would have been um, about the same year. Yeah, I reckon it would have been. There you go. So yeah, for, uh, very interesting. So, uh, all right, so time to sort of move on and have a little bit more of a look at some other things that I guess I, I, we could find about this film. Uh, the, I really liked, and if you watch this film, you understand, the the way that they represent the um, Australian Indigenous people in the community in this mm. film. I think it's really impressive. And oh, yeah. uh, they, they went to a lot of effort to consult the local community. They had an Indigenous writer come on board as the script supervisor, sort of made sure that the directors knew the, the cultural practices, avoided stereotypes, mm. and just sort of made sure that even that the dialogue that they... It's not, it doesn't play a big part, but to make sure that it was authentic. And I, I really appreciated that, you know, they, they took the time and effort to do that. 
That's great because I was actually surprised uh, after I watched the film and saw that both writer and directors, because there were two directors, neither of them were Aboriginal. I just must admit, with the with the flavour of the film and the way that they were represented, I thought, oh, yeah, there must have been an Aboriginal link here because they knew what they were. Well, I mean, I, I can't even say that I necessarily know they know what they're doing, but it's, it seemed to me like it was a very authentic take. And the Indigenous side of things doesn't play in the short film, so that was completely okay. added for the feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yeah, that was yeah. really good to add in then. That was done really well. I think it, add, it adds so much to the story. Um, yeah. It's that sort of side story um, that you follow as well. The The other sort of thing that I, I could see was, in, so this was filmed in South Australia. Um, yeah. They had five weeks of production. And during the time that they had this production, it was like the worst weather that they'd had in over 100 years, they reckon. Um, floods, power <laughs> blackouts, downpours, it was a mini cyclone. Um, but they worked so the hard. The apocalypse to... was coming. <laughs> and they never lost a day of filming. Um, really? They just worked through it. Yeah, which Pretty I thought impressive. was impressive. There's yeah. nothing in the film that I saw that suggested there were uh, cyclones or thunderstorms mm-hmm. far away, so they did bloody well <laughs> to avoid that. Yeah. Uh, the other, I'm sure, did you guys notice the start of the film? I don't know whether this is just because we're in Australia, but the Netflix logo wasn't on the start. I did film. notice that. Oh, they had the no. yeah had had the umbrella entertainment, which is a small uh, distribution. Um, so the first the first thing I thought of, and I actually stopped the film and started again because not started again. I stopped the film and searched because I wasn't. What is this a Netflix original? And it obviously is, but I'm pretty sure when I searched for it as well, you know, when you're searching on Netflix, um, and the Netflix original has like a big red N on the on the tile, whatever whatever yeah. film you're looking at. Yeah. I don't think it had one for this either. Yeah, which so it yeah, did have a. I don't it's got a. It now. It's got a DVD release in Australia, um, right? Through Umbrella Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, so it premiered at the Adelaide Film Festival mm-hmm. in October 2017, and then the week later it uh, was at the London Film Festival, and then in April of 2018 it played at Tribeca, before it was released on DVD on the 17th of May. 2018 in Australia and then Netflix the following day. Um, right. The rest of the world. So it, it is a little bit of a different one where we have, you know, a lot of the time, um, if they do have individual releases in different countries, they don't have that official Netflix worldwide mm. release. Whereas this one, uh, they've obviously picked up the post rights after it had already had a bit of a release here. Yeah. Okay. And it's probably, yeah, it's probably yeah. got the the big red N everywhere else in the world than Australia. Would you, would you imagine? Yeah. Well, you can still purchase this yeah. on DVD. Um, mm. Which is good as yeah. well in in your home country. You should, yeah. I mean, I suppose that, but that's part of the deal, right? That's that's the negotiation yeah. with Netflix for, as a distributor. Yeah, and I guess I think the only other film that we've covered that had a, a like a physical release in Australia was the Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So interesting, different sort of way of doing it, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have you guys got anything else that you wanted to talk about or look at some consensus? Yeah, I'm happy to look at some consensus. Yeah, I'm happy to be on a consensus. All right, what have what have we got for the the consensus on this one? It's pretty good from from what I can see. Um, it's got a six point three out of ten on IMDb, and that's off nearly thirty two thousand ratings. So it's a pretty healthy healthy sample size sure, of people yeah. who have rated it. And a six point three is nothing to be sneezed at. I think Netflix is all about eyeballs, so they've got the eyeballs and they've got the the number there. So this is this is probably a success story there. Um. And it's also a 3.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd off, off nearly 16,000 ratings. So pretty similar there as well, which... Um, yeah, it's good again, pretty solid. 
yeah, very reflective of what people think. So it's probably just a above par movie at this from this um, from what I can see here. Hmm. The the Google users there was eighty five percent that liked this film, which nice. Yeah, that's not too bad. I and love that we've incorporated that into our like every single yeah. week. We, I don't know, I don't know why. I'm just like this. This is a random statistic that we're going to chuck. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, and the other one that we check out is Rotten Tomatoes. This one was certified fresh, eighty-eight percent on seventy-four reviews. It's uh, a good amount of reviews. I suppose if it did a few awards, a, a lot of critics, it was it was awarded for a lot of critic stuff as well. So they've obviously all seen it. Yeah, like. the 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 audience was a little bit different. Uh, down on the eighty eight percent for the critics, down to sixty six percent for the audience. Okay. Um, on a bit over fifteen hundred reviews. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so a lot it's, less it's than still a good amount of reviews for it, though. Yeah, yeah you'll yeah. have to remind me, Jesse. How does it become certified fresh? Is that just from critics? Yeah, it's a certain amount of critics with over is it fifty nine percent? It's got to be sixty percent and above, I think. Okay, off the top of my cool. head. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, I think it's almost time for us to get into our early thoughts on this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, MJ, what, what are your early thoughts on Cargo? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, think, it was, I didn't think it was too bad. Um, I think it had, and this is to your point earlier about not just being a zombie movie, but it, it had a lot of nice takes on, on sort of survival and protection and um, even, even had the old age-old zombie movie conundrum, you know, is our biggest fear going to be other humans? Because, mm. you know, every single zombie content that's out there is like, hey, these zombies suck, but you know what? You're going to run into more savage things in terms <laughs> of your own race. So, um, like, it wasn't an overly long running time, but it did drag a little bit for me. Um, and I think it hit a bit of a lull in the middle once once Andy got infected. Because before that, I think there was a really great intensity to the opening and that sort of goal of getting them to the hospital. And once that was sort of taken out of the question, I f- the movie felt a little bit aimless. Um, and then it picked up again once Andy and Toomey got together. But there was that real lull period for me at that point. But one thing they did really well was they just revealed things in their own time. Uh, and you never thought that you were, A, sort of missing out on too much and, B, getting overloaded with information. So that, they set that pace early, which was really nice as well, where um, they, not, they never actually said, like, this is a virus that's going to uh, turn you into a zombie in 48 hours. They didn't explicitly tell you anything, but you just pick it up as you go along. And I, re- yeah. I reckon that was a job well done. Totally agree. I think that, yeah, the the way that they were able to sort of just drip feed you mm. ideas about um, what's actually happening and you don't, you don't need yeah, full answers. You're just like, oh, that's an interesting sort of little sidebar yeah. um, of what's going on. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right, Hader, give us, what are your early thoughts? Um, pretty similar to MJ's actually. Uh, I thought the film was pretty good. I, I just liked that it was a bit different to kind of your normal zombie apocalypse films where they're kind of like it's you kind of wake up with one survivor and it's all about them trying to survive, whereas this, you know, the main character is already going to die pretty soon. It's more about him than trying to save his daughter. So I just liked how that was a bit different compared to a lot of other zombie films. And um, Martin Freeman, I thought, did a really good job. So it was really good to, to watch him go. So, yeah, I, I, I thought the film was pretty solid. Yeah, I think yeah, I agree. Martin Freeman, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good name to have on board for this one. Yeah, can we say like how cool it is to see Martin Freeman coming out to do a small Aussie film? Like full respect yeah. for that. Yeah, I think it was his first trip to Australia too. Uh, was it really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Um. All right, my turn. So, like, like I mentioned before, I had seen this one, uh, and I remember enjoying it. So 
I had that feeling that I was hoping I was going to enjoy it again. And, and I did. And I think the Australian film industry often cops quite a bit of flack of making a lot of dark and heavy sort mm. of films. And this, it's hard not to say this, this is one of those types of films again, but to me, just. this one does have, yeah, just it, but it does have this light of tunnel. Oh, sorry. Mm. This light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and if you've seen the film, I think that that'll sort of ring true mm. to you a little bit. Literally. They walk through the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks MJ. I wasn't going to blatantly explain it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I didn't know if you were implying that or not. <laughs> I was. I was sorry. Come on. I'm, I was I am fairly clever sometimes. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> All right, so this is uh, the time where we move on and to sort of have a look at some of the characters from the film and any sort of characters that sort of stood with us or what we liked or didn't like about them. So, Hida, do you want to start us off with a character that you'd like to discuss? Um, yeah, sure. I want to discuss Vic. <laughs> Vic. <laughs> Big Vic. Because I am, in general, I'm not always opposed to rooting for the bad guy. I'm happy to, to support a villain. Um, tell you what, I think they did this really well though, because it was only, I reckon, a matter of minutes of meeting him and I wanted him dead. Oh, I thought you were going to say you liked him. Oh, no, no, no. He, he's, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to, to root for the bad guy, but this guy, I, I, I wanted him dead within seconds, I reckon. He was absolutely disgraceful. So I guess they did a really good job in making him really, really hated because he was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, th- you, I think they, they they did this job of he was in it for himself, and that was it. And oh yeah, um, and the the way I liked that they used his character was that he was a complete opposite of Lorraine, who was sort of the the girl that was she didn't she wasn't there with him. Because, well, he thought she was, but she wasn't. But yeah, she wasn't. Um, she was trying to yeah. survive. And you know, and he makes this comment where he's like, you know, you only have to worry about the you know the girl um, that's your own sort of thing. So. Yeah, I liked that they they made this blatant comparison or difference between him and then her, who's willing to take a bullet for people yeah. she barely knows. Um, but yeah, I I, I agree with you, Hedor. It's He was kind of interesting in the sense though, because he was like almost like pure evil, right? But yeah, they really take that human side of him away until really really late. But like you learn straight pretty much straight away that his ability to cope in this world has been born out of him being able to basically flick the switch really quickly when shit hit the fan and yeah that kind of every man for himself mentality which you know in a sense like this is that would happen to a lot of people in this situation so i can kind of respect that side of it um what i didn't like was his like savageness and racist behavior i guess um yeah and this will sound weird because it's one thing to further yourself. And like when I say further yourself, I even mean like killing people. Um, <laughs> in this world, in this world, like ugh, I, I'm not saying I would do it, but I get it. But for him to be so aggressive about it and, and almost treat it like a sport took it to a whole nother level. And I think the way he acted was his way of leaning into it and really trying to cope with it because deep down he probably did struggle with it morally. And then him breaking down at the end and weeping, is kind of like a tiny, tiny flicker. I'm not saying it's anything, but a tiny flicker of his ability to kind of let that act go and he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Because I think like he's 95% like pure evil, but you, you, A, you kind of understand it and B, they kind of humanise him a little bit at the end, which is a sign of a great character. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I did not think walking into doing this podcast today that we were going to talk at length about Vic as our first character. <laughs> I think I think you'd be remiss not to, and I think I think Anthony Hayes did a good job of it too. Um, so 
there's just a lot more to him, which is great. It wasn't just like, hey, this guy sucks. Oh, he's the bad guy. Cool, yeah. he's a bad guy. There's a little bit more to him because <laughs> every everything that every character that you talk about, and basically every every part of this film, you have to filter with the lens of it is the end of the world and it is every man for themselves. Yeah. And like the very first scene, they set you up, they show you this family and the, the, the dad flexes his gun straight away. Yeah. Like, hey, this, is, this is the world we live in, right? And guys yeah. like Vic are 100% going to exist in that world. And he might've been a dick beforehand as well, but I reckon his level of the dicko meter would have gone up to about 100 <laughs> as soon as this broke out. So I, I, I just feel like I get him. I, I understand his story just by seeing what I saw in that you know half an hour. He's one of those guys that's down at Woolies, like using his elbows to take toilet paper off the elderly. <laughs> he is that guy. I agree. Yeah, yeah that, that, is, totally that is big. Is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, MJ, give us another character to talk about. Well, I want to tell you about Andy um, because this was a really good character. Because So Andy, played by Martin Freeman, main character of the film, um, starts off the film in full control. And as much as it's a, a warp situation, you get the sense that he knows what they want to do He's got a plan. We've got to get to this point. We're going to get there at this time and everything's going to be okay. And he just gets taken out of that comfort zone immediately. Um, and he just gets given these enormous hurdles to jump. And it's kind of nice watching this imperfect character. He's in a situation that he's not familiar with and he's having to do pretty incredible things um, because he's never quite sure what to do or where to go. And he makes mistakes. And that's really relatable because when you watch these kinds of films, like let's look at even like The Walking Dead, for example, like the main character of The Walking Dead, I only watched the first sort of six seasons, but he's like a, a sheriff, like he's an ex-sheriff. So he, he knows this kind of stuff. He's got these survival and killing techniques. But Andy is just like this suburban dad who's a pom in the Australian outback trying to get this child who they set up pretty early. They, they kind of have a rocky relationship, even though she's one year old. Like yeah. she doesn't love him as much as she loves mum. Mm. Um, so it just highlights that kind of innate desire to protect your child you know, being able to outweigh everything else that you thought you could or couldn't do. And I look at that and I'm like, you know what, I'd probably be really similar in this similar in this situation. And that was really, really interesting. I, I really enjoyed that, like you've mentioned, his the fatherly instincts that he was able to show towards Rosie the baby, they they sort of like blended as the film progressed towards the indigenous kid Toomey as well. And mm, I really cool. I really yeah. liked I, I really liked that they were able to develop him through that way that you know, we start off with him, you know, having, you know, Rosie just cries, 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 cries. And, you know, no matter how much he cries, you can till, still tell that, you know, he's um, he's so dedicated to this kid and he sort of mm. adopts this, this kid as well. And he's like, look, I'm going to protect these kids as long as I possibly can. Um, even though he was stubborn, like his stubbornness was mm. pretty much what got him into the situation. He just needed to listen to his wife to I start know. off with and yeah. he probably wouldn't, yeah. have, wouldn't, have, yeah, wouldn't have been stuck in that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a good point too. Hmm. All right. Anything else about Andy? No? No, I'm good. Nah. All right. Well, I'm going to say, I wanted to talk a little bit about Kay, um, yeah, Andy's wife, because like I just going on from what I said about his relationship, Andy's relationship with her, she was very determined to go out her way and she wanted to make that call. Mm. Um, and mm. even though she was in it for the, the smallest of, of opportunities, you could still tell like, um, just just through these little visual cues, these little examples, how much that their relationship like meant to both her and him, mm. and um, I, I, I you know just gave this relatability even more emphasis to Andy and, and his journey and what he was doing because he wasn't just doing it for himself; he was doing it for Kay as well. 
Oh yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. That, that, their couple, they're, sorry, their relationship felt so genuine. Like it yeah. really felt like they they would have worked really well together in this situation, and probably indicates how they lasted this long. Mm. Um, you watch them for five minutes, and you believe that they're a real couple, and you can't say that in a lot of movies you watch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I agree with that absolutely. Uh, all right, MJ. Any other characters? Oh, we got to go with Toomey. Um, Toomey, yes. This is this is probably the nice touch we get with this film, like the, the Aussie touch, and and not something that many Australians would necessarily re- relate to. But I felt a sense of pride with the way, as you sort of said before, the Indigenous Australians are portrayed in this, and you know they've got that strong sense of community, that ability to live off the land. It made them really well set to deal with such an event, and and Toomey is kind of the human representation of this idea. And I mean, it's it's interesting even then that Andy still goes to that white couple or that white family in the caravan as a first resort for, um, for, for Rosie before settling. And it is settling for Toomey. Um, but I suppose, I guess she hadn't really indicated that she was anything more than just this lone wolf that roamed around trying to, you know, hurt her zombie father. But I think firstly, I love that representation of her as the example of the Aboriginal people, but, on top of this, she's still her own character and she's still a child and she's still dealing with her own sense of loss and kind of figuring out how to cope in this new world. So it's just this unique character, particularly in a film like this and the Aboriginal link being so strong, she just became a really important representation and I, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I thought yeah, she was like, good. yeah, she, she was this beacon of light almost where everything else was very down and out and negative where this is a character that you, apart from... Um, when her she sees that her dad's no longer in the world, it, there's nothing else that phases her. Um, she's mm. she's willing to she's trapped in a cage. She's you know with a white fella and a kid. These these situations don't really phase her, and I liked that she she was able to adapt and and be positive throughout this as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Rosie, the little kid. Uh, I, nothing really about the like you can't really talk much about it. <laughs> a kid is a character. I'm not going to say that you know it was a good or a, or a bad performance. I just thought it was an interesting fact that um it was played by four different kids. Rosie was. I, Mate, could you, was I could her. tell the the yeah. one and you know what the only time I could really tell was the one in the boat compared to the one that they took onto the land immediately looked so different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and from then I was pretty good, but um that was, yeah, two sets that, of twins. Oh, was it okay? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, obviously, with young kids, you've got to be mindful of the time oh, they spend on set and stuff. But that would have uh, been yeah. a brutal shoot for <laughs> a regular person, let alone a one-year-old. Yeah, I reckon, uh, especially in uh, those conditions that they were talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I've got down here too, Etta, who was that teacher at oh, the yeah. primary school. I just wanted to yeah. like, I just wanted to make it clear: all she was was a plot device for Andy to find to me. That was all she was. Hundred so percent. That's what I'm talking about. Where that that part of the film. When, as soon as he kind of didn't have this direction, I was lost. I was just like, cool, can you just do something or let me know what you're actually doing because I'm not interested when you're just kind of walking around looking for something that you don't even know exists. And even when she said, oh, go find this kid, I was like, like, what is that kid even going to do? And it wasn't until, as I said, Andy and, and Toomey got together, they escaped from that um, cage or whatever you want to call it. That's when I got interested. But there was this whole period in the middle where it just sort of fell flat, unfortunately. Good. Okay. 
Uh, mm. I think we're pretty much done with our characters. I don't think there's many others that we can really talk about. Um, no, nah, well, you, you spoke about what? a one-year-old, so I think we've, <laughs> we've, we've scraped the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> so uh, the the directors and the actors' sort of other work, I thought that um, it was interesting to sort of look at, you know, this is a, a, a piece that's been co-directed by two different people. Um, mm-hmm. Ben Howling was the first one I wanted to talk about. Um, so this is his first feature. Mm-hmm. The, he actually directed the first episode of the Australian Drunk History um, TV show, which was which I remember watching um, as a part of the Channel 10's Pilot Week uh, a couple of years ago. I thought that was a cool little connection. And um, Yolanda Ranke. So the other, this is obviously her first feature as well. Um, and she was the trainee director on Jungle um, with Daniel Radcliffe, which, was, which opened the Melbourne International Film Festival about th- two or three years ago now. Um, okay. So yeah, so obviously they're they're both trying to do their do the rounds to try and um, you know build themselves up as um, as respectable Australian you know artists. Did both of these guys were both of these guys on the original short? Yes, they both. Okay. Were, yeah, yeah, they okay. were. Yeah, that makes sense. I also wanted to recognise here the the kid who plays Toomey, Simone Landers. I thought she was excellent. I just wanted to put that out there um, in this segment in this part here because first I just, first acting gig, the yeah, first, first one, yeah. Yeah, just just such a believable character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I and agree. That's, Absolutely, she was really good. Yeah, and that's without you know really understanding the way that this Aboriginal community actually lives their lives. I mean, let's not pretend like we're exposed to that every single day. So, um, yeah. so I actually got a quote from her, and I love this because she wasn't. She's not a big fan of zombie movies, which you know at her age I can completely understand. But in her <laughs> eyes, Cargo isn't really a zombie film. And she says that the virals, I guess the zombies, whatever you want to call them, are symbolic of the Western pollution. The film promotes the indigenous respect for the land, and I am proud to be a part of that. And I, I mean, that, that nous from a girl that age, well done. Love it. How old that is she, do you know? No, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I tried looking up her date of birth, can't find it. It's a re- that's, yeah, a, that's a 12, really, really good quote. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And it's a way I wasn't even looking at the film. Yeah. So, yeah, that's even, that's even better. All right, time to look at some scenes. Time for us to to chat about what are some things that we liked about this film, I guess. So, Hida, have you got some scenes that you you enjoyed in this one? Um, I really liked all the scenes where um, Andy was contemplating killing himself and just mm-hmm. kind of the struggle that he was. Um, you know, I start off dark here, <laughs> um, all, <laughs> and and just you could see the internal struggle he was going through. I, I think with a gun and he had, he had that needle a couple of times and all those times where he thought that. Now would be a good time to end it, but he didn't end up going through with it. Just mm. thought they were, they were really good scenes. Yeah, mm. no, you're right. Good. All right, what else? Um, oh, you can't go past that fishing scene at the start. That was hilarious. <laughs> what, <laughs> Where he fished what? the canned tuna out of the water. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I love that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it actually wasn't too many. For a movie I liked, I didn't have that many two scenes. I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the scene we talked about before with Lorraine taking the bullet for him when, when Vic shoots was really good. Um, and I really liked the, uh, the final scene with, um, the, them going to the uh, original community. And I think it's that elder who ends up after a while, he puts kind of the spear through him and kind of ends his misery. But th- that was a really good final scene as well. Yeah. I think they referred to him as clever man. Um, oh, yeah. that's, uh, what's David Gulpley, um, famous indigenous Australian actor, um, in okay. so many good films. You're right, though. That was a really powerful ending. Um, 
the, the fact that they didn't tell you what Andy's idea was and when he was turning, you're kind of like, what's what's kind of going on here? But yeah. the fact that he put that thought into how they're actually going to get there if he does turn. And I think the nicest touch for me was when Toomey just sprays that perfume before they killed him. And you sort of think that there's that that final moment of recognition and comfort of him being with his wife. And it was yeah. really powerful, that final scene. I agree. Yeah. Good. All right, MJ, have you, what have you got for us that you liked? Um, I've, I've kind of mentioned them in conversation, um, but I, I loved the opening scene um, when the dad flashed the gun, when he sort of he introduces his family on a boat. I had no idea what this movie was about, um, to be honest. I didn't even know that this was the world they were in. And all it took was that 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 moment of, holy shit, something's not right here. And, and even his reaction was kind of like, okay, cool. I kind of expected that. And I was like, here we go. I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I'm all in. So... That was really good. Um, and then it sort of led on as well with the scene where, where Kay got grabbed in the yacht. Just they built that intensity nicely by setting up firstly with Andy going there and you knew something wasn't right. And as soon as she goes back there, you think, you know, something's going to happen. But yeah, again, happen I, there. I didn't know that like zombies were part of this and I just assumed someone was in there. And it, it, as I said, that's why I like this slow reveal that they, they drip fed you this information, but it all still made sense. So. How um, good was it that they were stocking up an esky? I was like, that is so Australian. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I like the first zombie reveal. So when they're running up the hill to the car and you see a zombie for the first time, I think it was it was kind of jarring, but visually it, it really excited me, to be honest. I'm like, okay, this is what we're dealing with. I liked it. Um, and then then the other the only other one I've got, sorry, is when they escape from jail, like I said. I think it was firstly it was just a clever scene, but it introduced us to um, a new player. We we sort of met Toomey, but hadn't had much to do with her. Um, and then it, it sort of led me into thinking, okay, this sort of really dull second act is 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 done, and I can get back into it. Good. All right. Um, hmm. the the first thing that I I just wanted to touch on was the cinematography in this was amazing. The the sweeping shots of the outback, um, just throughout the film to me where they they just brought these really nice sort of feel like I, I just love that part of our country um and i thought they were really really well done and set the scene for this so well as well for people that probably don't even haven't even been to the outback or understand the outback like it, it sort of sets the tone for this type of film that it is as well in such a good way um and i just really appreciated that i must admit jesse i thought you were going to bring up the australian outback uh, as one of the characters Ooh, <laughs> did you <laughs> I, yeah, that's that's a good point. I probably I, usually I think talk it about certainly would and, like it. it yeah. Plays a huge part, and it's one of the reasons why yeah. it's a slightly different zombie film or whatever you want yeah. to call it. So it was um it was great to see it in all its glory, and it's one of the yeah. reasons why a one of the the Aboriginal community has survived in this situation, and and b it gives you that sort of coverage. You can live off the land, and so it plays a huge part. You're right, and it was shot beautifully. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, similar to MJ, you mentioned that first sort of scene where you saw the zombie. Like, um, it's where like Andy's refueling the car, and I, mm. I just I, wasn't necessarily the reveal of the zombie for me. It was more like it's like that quick cut of him getting in the car, slamming the door, and then the zombie just sort of hitting the car. I was like, mm. ah, this is cool. Like, I liked it. It was it was really good. Because you need um, to know what zombie you're dealing with, right? Like every mm. every movie does it differently. I remember like is it 28 days later where the zombies are like really quick and really yeah, powerful. And then, like the Walking Dead, they're like walking corpses. Slow. Yeah. yeah. So you you need to know. They need to let you know early what sort of zombie we're actually dealing with here. Yeah. Uh, the next one I've got is there's the scene where um, 
the Andy crashes the car and sort of the tree goes through Kay's stomach and mm-hmm. um, a- Andy just has to, he has to go back to sort of put her out of her misery. And to me, like the acting from Martin Freeman in that was just really, really good. It sort of, you know, you felt that emotion of, of, you know, imagine having to, to mm-hmm. almost put your partner down to prevent further loss. Like it was just, yeah, it was just one of those scenes that sort of sticks with you. Um, and the, the the same this is sort of touching on what you guys have already said but that perfume spraying like mm. to me whenever they they sprayed that to get rosie through um and then you know to finally get andy through that one last time at the end before he gets killed i just thought that was like they just did that really well um it's really clever wasn't it yeah it was good um Toomey and Andy, they when they escape um, and they run away from being in that sort of cage and they've still got those chains on them. And um, I just thought oh, it was really funny where like Andy's trying to smash them off with this rock and then Toomey's like, I've got the, I got the keys. Yeah, I've got the key here. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that was a good little laugh in what's yeah. quite often a quite down film. It's, um, quite, it's almost a role reversal in what you would expect from both of them as well. You've got this suburban, um, Western civilized person trying to smash a chain with a rock and and an indigenous person who probably lives more off the land rolls out with the keys. That was that was also part of the humor. That was a really good one. Good pick up. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, the the scene at the end, like where we go back to that family and the dad on the shore, where he's sort of like they're digging these mm. these graves for the family. Mm. Like it was really gut wrenching, and just that sound of that bullet that you hear mm. as Martin Freeman's characters running towards the camera, like oh, it was yeah. just. It was just heavy. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, though. I think it's you got to respect it. I can respect it as well. Yeah, and then the final thing I've got is that that conversation um, towards the end where Toomey and Andy are sort of walking back towards the Indigenous community and, and just that um, discussion between the two about the, the, the different meaning for different words in different languages and, mm-hmm. and um, Toomey sort of reveals, like, the, the word for friend is meter and just that, that connection that, Andy sort of says, look, you know, I think we're friends. Like, thank you so much. Like, I just really like that too. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. Yep. All right, time for some things that maybe we didn't like. Hedo, what have, what have you got that you didn't like? Um, I didn't actually have that many. I just, I didn't like in the tunnel, I guess, Andy's decision-making to jump Vic where he just kind of waited for him to smash all the other zombies and get to him and turn around. I, don't, I just don't know why he didn't just uh, shoot him while he was distracted with someone else. That was uh, really frustrating to me. It's a good pickup, actually. I yeah. thought similar. Yeah. yeah. He, he just kind of waited. I'm like, what are you doing? You've got the gun there. Stop waiting. We just go and shoot him now and end it all. And obviously then it, it ends with a tussle and all that. Just obviously it wasn't in Andy's nature to just go and kill someone like that. But He shot him anyway, just, though. <laughs> yeah, he did. But it was just the thing that he had to do at the time. Just, just... Just think more about yourself and your kid for now and it's a good one. just go and shoot him rather than wait around. So that, that just frustrated me really with his decision making. But I can see kind of his character arc, why they didn't do it, but it just annoyed me. Good. All right. Uh, I think it's probably more, the, more the plot than the character arc though. Yeah. They, yeah, wanted probably, to, yeah. they wanted to sort of tease out a final fight scene. Yeah. And have right, that scene where, where Vic has to hand the baby over. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that, I think that was actually quite important, that scene. Hmm. All right, MJ, your time to tell us what you didn't like. Did you have anything else, Hedda? No, that was it. That was it. Um, look, again, not much for me, and I've, I've really alluded to this, that, that whole the whole second act was really slow. So him him getting bitten, uh, at the time it really annoyed me because it was really avoidable, and I just knew once he got bitten it would it had lost the direction that I was. I was really into that sort of dash to the hospital, and when that lost 
uh, when that was gone, that kind of lost me. Um, so that that whole sort of sequence that led to that slow second act was was the main thing for me. I did sort of want to mention as well. I know you, you liked this, Jesse, and I, they didn't did do a bad job of it, but I actually kind of wish there was more of an emotional response to Kay crossing over, um, and then eventually him him killing her. There was that scene where she was sitting under the tree. And he was sort of saying, like, come on, let's get in the car. And she's like, no. She had this whole speech that was really good. And then he's just like, no, and took her. And I kind of was like, I was left wanting a little bit more. You know how I love a big emotional plea. Yeah. I think I picked them out of all movies. And I was, I sort of wanted a bit more there, like, a, okay, this is goodbye, rah, rah, rah. And I know that wasn't how it worked with the actual story. But I think I never got that anywhere. Like, so I, I missed it. I think, like, to me, it was just like looking at it like, you know, if you're the husband, you're you're wishing or hoping that if you get to that hospital in time, there's something that may have changed in that isolation that you've got that can save her. Um, and that's why oh, man, I get like, it. I yeah, do get yeah. it. And look, it all meant, it, it all meant for yeah. him to crash that car and him get bit. Yeah. And that was the story yeah. we had, but yeah. I just, I want, even, even when he did kill her or, and so whatever it was, I just wanted more emotion out of it. Um, it just, I, I, I'm probably asking for too much here, but <laughs> you know, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. That's completely fair. But that's all I got. I'm nitpicking yeah, there. Yeah, I, 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 I tried to find something, but I couldn't find anything in particular that I didn't necessarily like. So, I mean, and it's not my, it's not the best movie of all time. But there was nothing that really stood out to me that I was like, oh, I'd do that differently, or I didn't like that. Mm, uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah all right. Cool. So, themes, ideas, any sort of motifs or connections, or I think this this one says quite a bit, which is quite obvious in a few of the things. So, MJ. Fill us in on, on what this one's sort of, um, what the message is to you. Yeah, I, lo- I love the the whole idea of the lengths of, of human savageness. And in this film, you know, who is a real monster? Like, were we ever really concerned about those zombies? You know, we never really saw more than a couple of them at, at any given time. And they didn't seem to be too much of a threat if you had your wits about you. Um, but we were worried about the other people around us and what they were going to do to us. And that entire Aboriginal community um at, at one point or the other was was threatened by Vic and um you know Andy's life was kind of <laughs> up in the balance as well there so it just yeah. shows you as well and I think it makes a good point how all the Aboriginal people certainly didn't go down that route in any way and uh like um like what the young actress sorry I've just forgotten her name who played to me uh Simone Landers like she said Simone the whole Landers. idea of the the western culture coming in and, and taking over and thinking they know best when maybe they don't. And um, I thought that was pretty powerful and pretty important. I, I liked it. Yeah. I, 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 for this whole idea for me, the, the first thing I like wanted to put down was I was like, there's this massive disconnect between the, the Western or the modern world and sort of the, the indigenous traditional culture too. And, and I think they, there's a line of dialogue in there that says that, you know, Westerners are poisoning the land and that's why mm. there's this sickness that's sort of happening. So I just thought it was yeah a, a nice sort of touch on and, you know, there's there's so much more to that issue and that topic than what's in this film, but it's nice to sort of see this on a screen. Um, and that's the only reference as well to the, the virus in any way. Like there's no discussion about it and that's fine. You don't need it. Uh, you know, this film doesn't finish and you go, but how did they become sick? Like you don't care. It doesn't matter. No. Um but yeah, they they don't even touch on that in any other way apart from that little tiny comment that might mean nothing. But 
Yeah, I liked that. Um, and you know, there, there's the bond between a parent and a child, which was was pretty strong throughout, and this this sacrifice to sort of make sure that the survival of mm. the loved ones can get through. Yeah. Um, and it's all underpinned by hope too. You you can't lose hope. You can't mm. lose this idea that there's going to be some sort of bright future towards the end somewhere. It's a great call. I mean, here's a guy who's completely ill-equipped to deal with this situation, but you you realise the lengths that you're going to go to to protect your family and. Um, you know, if he had lost hope at any of those points, and he, you know, Tahita's call about him thinking about you know ending it all for himself, he never quite did it because at the back of his mind, he knew he had a job to do, and he he never lost that focus. So, yeah, yeah I like absolutely. That too. Good. Anything else we want to talk about the theme? So, no, no, no good. All right. So this is the time where we sort of have a chat about what we took away from this film. Um, what are our thoughts on it? So, Hita, what what did you take away from this one? Um, I was just, it was just good. I thought they should just show just the different perspectives of different people and the lengths that they'll go to in time, you know, I guess, you know, apocalypse style like this, just what, I guess, what we talk about in themes and what they'll do to survive, what, I guess, um, Andy's thoughts were compared to what Vic's kind of ideals were. And he wanted, you know, to be the hoarder to have all the stuff to sell once the world got back on track. And yeah, just, I guess, just the, the different way people took, um, just took this situation. Good. Mm. All right. MJ. Yeah, I, mean, I, I really enjoy this being an Aussie representation on the world's biggest streaming platform, whatever you want to call it. Um, it just sits pretty well with me because it's a story that can be universally enjoyed and understood, but it still has that unique sprinkle of being Australian. Um, it would have been better on the big screen, but then it wouldn't have had the same sort of reach potential that it's got being on Netflix. Um, it had a lot of similarities with these final hours. Have you guys seen these final hours? Uh, Ryan Quantum. No. no, no, no. It's um, not. It's Ryan an Australian Quantum. one, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a very similar Ryan end of the Phil- world. Ryan Phillips. Ryan yeah, Phillips. Ryan Phillips. That's right. Yeah. So that movie really stayed with me. Um, I don't know if Cargo will as much. Although this conversation has been has been awesome. It's sort of uh, opened my mind a little bit on it. But these final hours and and Cargo are so 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 similar. Um, and I just feel like these final hours kind of just gets a nod for it. Not that it's a competition, but that's one movie that I watched probably whatever when it came out five or six years ago, and it, it really hasn't left me. So if you get a chance to watch it, definitely watch it. Hmm, good. All right. Um. Yeah. Like to me, like I just think to get Martin Freeman to come out to Australia to mm. do this film adds so much credibility yeah. to it straight away. Um. Yeah. And the supporting roles that were there were all really good as well uh mm. but you know where we are at the moment like if you're struggling with how the world is going at the moment probably give this one a miss for the time being like i'd just be like maybe you know put it on the the pause <laughs> put it on the background not a bad call it's an interesting one though because it's it, it kind of takes a little bit more relevance right now with uh yeah yeah hopefully we don't get to the stage that they are at in this <laughs> film but um you know it's just the- like the very final shot of this film hopefully fills you with some hope and what 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 you can do with your life if you are if you're struggling with the bleakness. There's there's community there and there's love there if you if you do the right things. Hundred percent. All right, time for our IMDb section. So this is where if any of us jumped on to IMDb while we're watching the film to look someone something up. Hita, did you go on IMDb? Um, I just jumped on for, for Vic, who's played by Anthony Hayes, just to purely see if there was anything else I'd seen him in. Um, he was in War Machine. I don't remember him from War Machine. Yeah. No, neither do I. Not who he was. Um, he was in Animal Kingdom, which I liked, but yeah, I, 
I didn't recognize him or anything. I just purely looked him up to see what else he'd been in. Good. All right. MJ. I did love the way Vic was. I love the colloquialism of Vic and the way he spoke. And it's it's so like we I know like fifty blokes that speak the exact same way. And that was I like the fact that they didn't shy away from representing that. Um, <laughs> for me, I I I IMDb'd Susie Porter who plays Kay and. I don't know if I'm supposed to know her, but man, she's in a whole lot of just a lot of TV and Australian movies and stuff. So she was in Underbelly, she was in Water Rats, she was in Puberty Blues and all that kind of stuff. She was also in Star Wars: Attack of the Clones. <laughs> um, I, I didn't even recognize the character's name, but so she's been in stuff, and I think I just recognize her face because I thought she was really good in this. Um, yeah. And I thought, well, maybe I've just seen you in a bunch of stuff, but there's nothing I could actually figure out that I can recognize her from. Right, that's right. Well, yeah, Attack of the this the two. Um, two and three episode two and three for star wars were filmed in sydney so um there's quite a lot of australians in those films um if you, i didn't you know, know that if you go on to, yeah um i also looked up Susie porter too um and i recognized her most from wentworth um she plays oh, marie wentworth, winter yeah. in that show yeah so she's in that as well but yeah in been in a lot of australian tv yeah yeah, she's in a lot. yeah. all right question time this is uh where we ask each other any questions that we may have or may want to know the answer to hey have you got anything you want to ask did you guys see the one of the Aboriginal guys in the St. Kilda jumper? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, and there was one with, in a uh, Michael Jordan one, too. With 23 on the back? Yeah, yeah, 23 on the back. That was cool. Yeah, Stewie Lowe? Yeah, yeah that was awesome. I, I loved it. I, I, I reckon it was Stewie Lowe. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I was trying to think. I was trying to think who it might have been. Stewie Lowe. Yeah, right. it, it looked pretty it's old, not though. Kizitsky. Yeah, no, that's not, what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, it's not, it's 23 not. kids. It's going, that jumper looked old. And I'm like, that, that, that's got to be a Stewie Lowe jumper. Maybe uh, I'll give you that. Yeah, good. Maybe what about Shane? Didn't Shane Warne play under 19s at St Kilda? He would have worn 23. Oh, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> Kaczynski walks around like a zombie anyway, doesn't he? So he might be dead. That was a good joke. All right, um, MJ, did you, you got any? Oh, Hater, any other? Sorry, any other questions? No, nah, that was it. Um, no, I'm good. MJ, I was I was a little bit unsure why Toomey wasn't with her mum and the rest of the community for what was probably a decent length of time. Because at the end, she's like, "I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to see my mum." Why wasn't she with them? Because she was looking after the dad. She was feeding the dad, and because obviously the community don't like the ghosts, so she was the one that was keeping the dad going until he was okay. I wasn't sure whether it was that that she, her, and the dad had already nicked off, and then he got bitten. Yeah. So, okay. All right. I'll, I'll give you that. That's all right. Yeah, that's my reading, I guess. Anything else? Yeah, that's all I got. Um, my question, you guys, would you have been as stubborn as Andy and not listen to your wife like that when she's like begging you to just let her go? Oh, Jesse, I don't oh. ever want to be in that situation. Ooh. But um, um, oh, I don't know. I probably would be, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd, I think I'd so like, too. Yeah. Just, I'd just be like, nah, come on. I'm taking you to the hospital. Yeah, I'm a bit of a yeah. control freak too, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> Edda, that, that teacher, I just want to, she, she intrigued me a little bit. Mm. She, there's a scene where like they show her taking her wig off. Mm. Why? Yeah, it's a good point. Because <laughs> like I'm right now, I'm like watching the film, I'm like, okay, what what's the point in her having a wig? Or like, why do we need us her taking it off? I'd, All right, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, okay, so she's got like cancer or leukemia or she's quite ill, but it just shows you that even if you are sick, you can survive in this world. It doesn't, it's, it's the decisions that you make as opposed to your health. 
I'm just good, I'm good going off a whim here, but I, that's no. that's all I can all I can maybe think of because otherwise it just wasn't relevant. It was like a backstory that never became important. Good, I'll take that. I'll take that. Hundred mm. uh, percent. Last one. I got one more question. The title, Cargo. Did you like it? Loved it. Do you think that it, yeah, it's a worthy title? Yeah. 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 Good title. Really good title. Really clever. Doesn't. Uh, I like a title that isn't explicit. But it's you know still really clear about why it's that title. It's one word. It's clean. It's sharp. No, it's, it's a winner for me. Yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was. They had some pretty precious cargo on that. Uh, and it was it was like almost like physical cargo the way that she was carried. And, yeah. Um, loved it. And and especially with that final scene, he not only carries Rosie but he mm. carries Toomey Toomey as well. So yeah, um, yeah it was really yeah. Like that. You just made it even better. Good. Okay. I think I think we're ready to wrap this one up and put it all together. Uh, so. Yeah. On Flix Forum, we give the film a rating out of five and then work out our average between the three of us to give us a Flix Forum overall score. Heat off. Hit us off with your rating for Cargo. Um, so, yeah, as I said, I, I thought it was a pretty solid film. I thought Martin Freeman was really good in it, and I did like that it was uh, it was something different for a zombie film. So, yeah, just a good solid film for me. I gave it a three out of five. Good. Nice. Nice score. All right. MJ, what do you thought about you? Yeah, I just in general, it was a pretty intense journey, albeit slow in parts, but it was hard not to enjoy. Um, it's great to see a universal narrative taking place in a uniquely Australian landscape that had a pretty big international star along for the ride. Uh, it's also three stars for me. Nice. Sounding um, like you guys are all on the same page. We well, are. Well, if, if, you, Jesse? Well, if you had a checked out my letterbox you probably could have worked out um yeah i did i, did. <laughs> I saw it but i was wondering if you scored change now after change, this yeah well i did change for Oksha, just on so second I, viewing yeah. yeah so um well to me that like this has got some really good performances and especially like i said martin freeman simone landers really really enjoyed both their performances um and to me it, it's so much more than a zombie film the the focus of the love of a father it just shines through for me uh as well as this strong connection to the land of the indigenous people. Mm. Um, and, th- you know, this this film made me miss the Red Centre and and made me miss, like, being able to, you know, oh, yeah. head up there and, 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 and see the communities up there, um, you know. So, yeah. So, to me, this this one's a three and a half. I'm sticking with my original rating. Um, yeah. So, nice. that give, yeah. So, that gives us an average of a 3.16 out of five as a flicks from. Yeah. Which is, I which forgot is that you, yeah, you, spent a, you spent a fair bit of time in the Northern Territory. Yeah, I've, I've I've been up there quite a bit and do yeah. quite a bit of work up in the communities up there every now and then. Um, and yeah, like just the like I think to me that's why I really enjoy the the awesome um, you know these sweeping shots of the the scenery because it, it's just such yeah. I, I, if you haven't been up there and anyone's listening that wants to once you can travel get up there, I highly recommend yeah. it. Once you yeah. can travel, once you can travel, yeah. All <laughs> right, so we're on social media. We are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. We put posts up every now and then when we can. Uh, question for this week, and I think I know what the answer from both of you guys for this one's going to be, but would you classify Ooh. this one as a zombie film? <laughs> <laughs> so yes. I would. This is a zombie yeah. film, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, so, uh, good. All right, nice. Well, would you? Are you, you going to classify it as a zombie film, Jesse? No, nah, I'm not going to classify it as a zombie see, film. See, that, it's got, that mm. is disrespectful to zombie films. So you're really? saying that zombie zombie films can't be more than just a zombie film? No, I like no, I just wouldn't like I'd categorize it or give it put it under so many different genres before I would as a zombie film. But that doesn't mean right. you're not you're still not categorizing it as a zombie film. Like it's got zombies in it, 
but the zombies aren't the focus of this film. Like, as much as there's double meanings to everything, they're a pretty significant focus of the film still. <laughs> they are, they are. Yeah, that, anyway, that's, I don't know. I, don't, I, just, I just don't feel comfortable <laughs> calling this a zombie film. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right, so we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be back again next week for another film. So hopefully, uh, you, I mean, I hope I think this episode sounded a lot better. I think we're getting the gist of uh, doing this sort of uh, distance um, recording. So I, th- I think we're sounding sounding all right. So hopefully, people are still sticking with us. But next week we have a rom com. it's from twenty eighteen. It's titled Ibiza. Uh, it's directed Ooh. by. Alex Richenbach, and it stars Jillian Jacobs, Vanessa Bayer, Phoebe Robinson, and Richard Madden. So that's what we've got okay. next week for our audience. I'm just Ooh, thinking, Jesse, this is the biggest revelation since Hader said Coin Heist wasn't a heist film. Wasn't a heist film. This, uh, is, this is the level we're at. Yeah. Come on, Jesse. Really? I, I didn't think it was going to be that controversial. I just... There's I a love... million zombies in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the whole goal is that they don't want to get bitten by a zombie. The whole plot changes when the main character gets bitten by a zombie because he's going to turn into a zombie. There's a yeah, lot so of zombie he get, stuff. He gets bitten in the first 10 minutes by a zombie, which leads mm. to the story is now about saving the kid. But the story is saving the kid as, before he becomes he a zombie. he turns into a zombie. Yeah, but he's, he's not, he doesn't become a zombie till the end, so it's not even about being a zombie. It's about I agree. They're, they're really important parts of the film too. <laughs> And I'm not, just to save the kid because he's going to become a zombie. Yeah, all right. There's zombies in the film. I get it. <laughs> all right. I think it's time for us to wrap this up. So I think it's been great catching up. Yeah, Hader, it's been a pleasure having you here again. So thank you so much. It's been great to be back, boys. Good. MJ, thank you. Thanks, mate. It's, it's always a pleasure. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of the week. Good. And uh, we will see you guys next week. See you then.